So, uh, we've been talking about 1 John, right? Yeah. And um, if there's a song, if there's a song repeating on John's radio, right? You know, John, uh, who's behind the writing of the gospel according to John and, and the letters of First and Second John, if there's a song repeating on his radio why he writes this stuff, uh, I think it might well have been uh, All You Need Is Love. You know that song, right? All you need is love. Lots of lyrics to it. Love, love, love. Half of the song is that, right? I mean, apart from the fact that the song wouldn't be written for a few thousand years, of course, and, and the issue that the poetry of the song is, well, not quite as sophisticated and profound as John's, uh, but still, there's a strong common element to John's writing and all you need is love. And that is the sheer amount of times that the word love gets repeated, right? Of all the gospel accounts, John is by far, by a far margin, the winner in terms of the use of the word love. Matthew uh, uses it 15 times in the course of his gospel. Mark uses it seven times. Luke uses it 14 times, and John, John uses it 39 times in the gospel alone. And even considering the fact that in the original Greek, these are a couple of different words which all get translated into love in English, that's still a whole lot of love. And 1 John, the letter that we've been spending some time with here in OIC, is even more packed it is also by far the epistle that most uses that, work, that word, especially considering that it's only five chapters long, right? 27 times. 27 times. That's how many times the word love pops up in the English translation for 1 John. 27 times in five chapters. That's a lot of love, y'all. A lot of love. The problem, though, or the challenge is, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? It is one thing to hear the word love being said so many times. It is quite another to understand what it means to love. Because love can be such an abstract word, right? And sometimes it works a bit like a kind of an empty placeholder that we just stuff whatever inside and call it love. Now, I'm not gonna try and define love here, because this is supposed to be a short service. <laughs> I'm not going to start discussing the different Greek words that get translated into love or anything like that. No, what I wanted to do today is actually quite a lot simpler, uh, and maybe precisely because of that, quite challenging. I wanna take St. John's nudge when he says in, in his letter, Chapter 3, verse 18, he says, Dear children, let us not love with words and speech, but with actions and in truth. And I want to, in a way, stick with John, but I want to look at how John tells us about Peter's journey with learning about love. Right? Peter, Peter the apostle, Peter the impetuous, Peter the courageous, Peter the brokenhearted. 
Because this is a story of Peter having his heart broken. Of having his heart broken only to find that it needed growing. And our look today at Peter's journey with uh, learning about love will focus on two conversations with Jesus. uh, Conversations that revolve around that word. And the first one is in the gospel according to John chapter 13. The gospel according to John chapter 13. I will will read it for you uh, so you don't don't have to bother putting it on the screen or anything. But if, if any of you... Really, really wants to check it out in your Bible. It's uh, John 13 from verses 31 to 38. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Jesus is preparing, as as the telling of the gospel according to John goes, this is when Jesus is preparing his disciples for his imminent death. And he tells them, listen, I am giving you a new command. You need to remember this, right? When, when a rab- rabbi, a teacher, comes and says, I'm giving you a new command, he's saying, pay attention, you need to remember this. This is important. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's how you will truly be my disciple, by loving one another. But Peter, Peter is too concerned with the part where Jesus says he's going where Peter can't follow. Right? But where are you going, Jesus? What's this thing if you go? I mean, we've been following you for three years. What's this thing if you going somewhere where we can't follow? Where are you going, Jesus? Well, you can't go there, Peter. Not now. But Jesus, I want to be where you are. I want to be where you are. I want to follow you. I will lay down my life for you. Peter is so concerned with his love for Jesus that he doesn't understand the words of Jesus himself. Peter won't have this nonsense of staying behind. He wants to be with the Jesus he loves. I will lay down my life for you, Jesus. But Peter gets his heart broken. Will you really, Peter? Will you really? I'll tell you what. You're actually going to deny me this very night. Three times before the rooster even crows. 
Now, the words of Jesus were tough enough to listen, for sure. But what really breaks Peter's heart is when it happens. As Jesus is being accused and humiliated, Peter is taken by fear, and three times he denies knowing the man he loves, knowing the man on trial. And then the voice of the rooster sounds, and tears open Peter's chest, and he weeps bitterly. He lost his chance to love his Lord as he should. But neither Peter's denial nor crucifixion nor death could really hold back Christ. If Peter felt that his love for his Lord had faltered, the love of God for Peter and for the world never skipped a beat. Jesus rose to life rose to life bringing hope and joy and bringing again the same very call. The second conversation with Jesus that I want to look at today is after the resurrection. After the resurrection. They had met the resurrected Christ a couple of times and now they're together with him and Jesus calls Peter for a conversation. Hope this doesn't. Let me blow this out before we have an accident here. That's better. <laughs> so that's uh, in John chapter 21 from verses 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Three times... Three times, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Three times, and every time, John says, yes. And Jesus replies with the same basic call, love those around you. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, Feed my sheep. You want to love me? 
look around you. Love those around you. Do you understand now, Peter? Do you remember when I said, when you first told me you would go wherever I went and love me to the point of laying down your life? Do you remember what I said? I said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Do you understand now, Peter? This is how you love me. This is how you love me, by loving my sheep, by loving those around you. This is where you will meet me. This is where you will be with me in acts of love towards those around you. Love God above everything else. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is the lesson that Peter needs to learn. And that is what John keeps on repeating throughout 1 John. And that is what is so challenging for us. That our love for God not only needs to be expressed through love for those around us, but that that is the very way in which we love God. Any notion that we can love God with no regard for our neighbor or even justify somehow hate for our neighbor based on some abstract, abstract notion of love for God has not understood the lesson of Peter has not heard the words of Jesus, does not really know love. This incarnational nature of the love of God is what we most need, and it is what we most easily lay aside. This call that we must grapple with the nature of love in acts of love. That the way we follow Christ is by meeting him where he is. And where is he? When you gave a cup of water and I was thirsty, when you gave me a blanket because I was cold, when you gave me a hug because I was lonely, And you helped me pay my bills because I was broken. When you spent time with me because I was depressed. When you visited me in the hospital because I was sick or in the prison because I was in trouble. <laughs> when you made me a meal so that we could spend time together. When you took care of me, when you loved me. when you loved any one of these little ones. It's a lot easier, isn't it, to discuss the notions of love, to declare faith in Jesus, than to grasp and grapple with the nature of this incarnated Christ and its love here.
Have we learned a lesson of Peter? I don't think he learned it that day. I think he learned it on the, on the way. On the path. On the way of Christ. That is the way we walk on. They will know you are my people by your love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face into the reality of your life. And may he bring you peace. So go in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and serve the Lord and serve those around you joyfully.